This is Church of the Resurrection in Wheaton, Illinois. First, let's begin by Happy Mother's Day. Uh, we all owe a profound debt of gratitude to the spiritual mothers in God's church. The gift of spiritual motherhood is a profound gift that we all have profited from. So, Happy Mother's Day. Now, today, the fourth Sunday of Lent, you might not realize it, has a special name. It's called Good Shepherd Sunday. We always read a portion of chapter 10 of John. It's, it's relatively long. We talk about the Good Shepherd. So we always read a portion of John's Gospel on the Good Shepherd. <coughs> and I don't have to tell you, if people think of what are my favorite images of Jesus, what are the kind of things people put in needlepoint over their sofa and things in your grandmother's house? You know, it's something typically the Good Shepherd is the one that wins. It's hard not to. We've thought about it. We're grateful for it. Uh, for example, Psalm 23, people often want that to be the last psalm that's read at their funeral. We say that the Good Shepherd, we know a lot about the Good Shepherd. He provides everything for his sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He also know in Psalm 23, he protects us from all the dangers we have to pass through. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we know in the Gospels, Jesus tells us it doesn't matter how many sheep a shepherd has, he's going to go for the sheep that strays. He will leave no sheep behind. It says, I love this, and when he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders. And finally, we're told in John chapter 10, elsewhere in the chapter, he actually would lay down his life to save the sheep. So we know a lot about the good shepherd, but I ask you, what do we actually know about the sheep? Because that's actually what we focus on in the passage we have today, in the passage we have today out of that long gospel on the good shepherd. So I'm going to suggest for the first time, instead of this being Good Shepherd Sunday here at Church of the Resurrection, we're going to have our first Good Sheep Sunday. Okay, this is going to be Good Sheep Sunday. And what we'll have here is we have three, you look at those three images in your bulletin. Uh, you're thinking, well, I don't recognize the artist. Well, we've all seen the picture of like Rembrandt, The Return of the Prodigal Son. This is early Rembrandt, like three or four. Okay, so think of it that way. There are three main points that they cover that we want to remember. That's why I have those three images. The first question we have is, how do I enter into relationship with the Good Shepherd? The second is, how do I hear his voice? And the third is, how do I respond to that voice? So first, let's do some background work on sheep. Sheep are vulnerable animals. I want you to think about it. Nature is not a gentle place if you were born yummy. Okay, if, I mean, let's face it, a wolf looks at a sheep and he says, ah, Uber Eats. Okay, so basically, if you're born yummy, the world is a pretty dangerous place. So what are your ways that you can actually find safety in a world like this? Well, there are basically five options in the animal world. We can be stronger, we can be scarier, we can be faster, we can be smarter, or we can be inconspicuous. Those are our five choices. Now let's talk about how do sheep measure up? What about sheep being strong or scary? I don't know. I think it's not an accident that we, d we talk about flocks of sheep instead of gangs of sheep. 
Okay, normally people don't talk about an attack sheep problem in their neighborhood. Okay, you know, when sheep attack is not one of those fox shows or something. Okay, the next thing we have, we could be faster. Well, as someone who knows everything about having short legs, let me tell you, they can't run very fast. There's a reason we have horse races and dog races, but no sheep races. There is no, there is no sheep triple crown. Okay. We could be smarter. Well, you know there's a reason you've never seen a performing sheep. Intelligence is not their special edge. <coughs> okay, what about <coughs> trying to be inconspicuous, like camouflage and things? Sheep do not blend in. You know, a wolf in a pasture doesn't have, gee, I wonder where the sheep is. Is that a sheep or a tree? That's not a problem. They're really visible. Okay. So what we have is because sheep are vulnerable, they need protection. They're not going to make it out there without protection. So how do we do this? Well, one way is a special walled enclosure called a sheepfold. And what a sheepfold would do is that's where you put sheep at night, and you have walls around it. It makes you know, make it impossible for the wolves to get in and make it more difficult for thieves to get in. And you put a bunch of flocks there. It's not just your flock. People would take other flocks in the neighborhood and they put them all in there for the night. So you only need one guy to really guard it, you know, to guard the gate. Otherwise, they're protected by the wall. So that's the idea of a sheepfold. But the trouble is, we can't just keep the sheep in the sheepfold, can we? Why? Because, put it this way, sheep always eat out. They graze. You know, we don't bring food to sheep. Sheep go out to get their food, and they have to keep moving because as they eat it, they have to go to new food, right? They eat their food, they have to keep moving on. So a sheep can't just huddle in the sheepfold. It has to go out there, it's going to starve. So one of our special challenges, we're especially, if we're sheep, we're especially exposed when we go out right into the world. When we go out there, we're going to be exposed for attack by predators or getting separated from the flock. Our safety is with the flock. And we get separated. We wander off. We see yummy grass here. We keep following yummy grass. And suddenly, where are all the other sheep? How do they all get lost? You know, suddenly we're in a place where we don't see anyone around us. <coughs> so how in the world can a sheep go out to graze and do it safely? And that's why we have shepherds. A shepherd is the someone who both guides sheep so they don't get lost, don't get separated from the flock, and protects them. You know, he, he's the reason he holds a big stick you know, is to beat off wolves and things. Okay, remember, shepherd, uh, David was a shepherd. He talks about some of the things he had to fight off. You know, bear and things, you know, as part of being a shepherd. So the shepherd, first of all, every morning goes to the sheepfold <coughs> and he leads out the sheep. It's sort of neat how they do it. You see, sheep know the shepherd's voice. So if they, you know, there are like five different flocks in the sheepfold. It's like you know your dog knows your voice. You know, you come there, and you see, he just starts talking, and his sheep separate out and come to, to follow him. It's really a neat thing. That's how it's done. And he leads them out in the morning because they have to go eat. And he watches them all day and then brings them home safely and gets them back in the sheepfold at night. Okay. And how do, shepherd, how do sheep bond with their shepherd? That's our first picture. How do we bond with the shepherd? And it's voice recognition. The critical thing for a sheep is if you're a sheep, all people look alike. It's the voice you can tell. So basically, like for us, all sheep look alike. You know, for sheep, all people look alike. It's the voice is what they recognize. It's the voice recognition that creates the bond that allows this to happen. 
Because you can't be running out with 100 sheep out there, running here. You, have to, you, have, you can shout out. They hear, oh, I'm getting away from the flock. They shout out. It's the voice is their connection. Now, Jesus today explains why this ability to recognize a shepherd's unique voice is why he can't communicate with the people who oppose him. Look at what he says today. The opponents are complaining, you know, if you would just make yourself plainer, we'd understand what you're saying. And he says, how long, they say, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you're the Christ, just tell us plainly. And what does he say? He says, uh, I have told you, and you don't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. He's saying, basically, I've told you clearly. I've even showed you miracles and things. The problem is not, you know, that, that I'm not speaking clearly. That is not the problem. So what is the problem? Why are they hearing him and not hearing him? What's going wrong? Well, what do we need to communicate? Okay, what do we need to communicate? At first glance, we think it's really easy. Oh, that's an easy question. I need someone to talk audibly, you know, a voice that I can hear and to speak clearly, right? I need that. And I need another person who is able to listen and to hear. If I speak and you hear, we have communication. Actually, we've left off a very vital piece. Something really, really vital that we have here that's wrong. What's missing? Well, let me tell you a story from an airplane. I was once on an airplane, and I thought this was interesting. With somebody, this occurred. Is there was somebody there, uh, a, a guy who was, you know, by himself, and there's some message that the uh, flight attendant came, had to give him, and she said it to him, smiled very nicely, said the message, and he looked puzzled. And I think she was puzzled, I don't know. So she said it again, you know, maybe he just wasn't paying attention. So she said it again, same result. So I love this. Then she began to talk louder, you know, sort of like, can you hear me, like this kind of thing, etc. And still, it's not getting better. Till finally another passage say, passenger says, I don't think he speaks English. Aha. Uh -huh. It's not just enough that you speak and I listen or I speak and you listen. We have to share a common language. So that's critical to really understanding that communication requires we have something in common. Otherwise, we can speak all day. Jesus told me, I told you clearly. I've given you signs. We just don't speak the same language. Okay. So, uh, so what is the language that allows us to hear the shepherd's voice? faith, which means trust in God. It's only when we trust God that we actually can begin to hear him. Faith is trust in God. It's not an intellectual thing. It's, I'm going to trust God. When we trust God, suddenly faith is the language. It's, that's the voice recognition. How we hear God is through faith. Okay, the, so he says, uh, for example, the great, the great uh, philosopher and churchman, uh, he was an Archbishop of Canterbury, Anselm, the first of the scholastics, famously said, I believe so I can understand. The trust in God comes first. It's only when we trust God that we can actually really learn about him. Otherwise, it's a waste. It's a study in futility. It's like trying to listen to a foreign language without learning it. You're not gonna understand. You can listen all day long. You're not going to hear anything. He said, I believe so I can understand. Sort of, I learn God, so you know, I learn how he speaks, so I can actually learn about him. 
Also, I love in 2 Corinthians, Paul says, here's the trouble with the Scriptures. He says, you know, the same Scriptures that talk about Jesus we read in the synagogue every Saturday morning. And he says it's like there's a veil in front of their eyes. They, just, they, don't, they don't get it. But he says, this, the instant you turn to the Lord, it says the veil is removed. Suddenly, everything becomes clear. The veil is removed. And we find that in 2 Corinthians 3, 15 through 16. Yet to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. We see this to us, our day. I've known people who are great biblical scholars. I mean, they know a lot about the languages, the Bible, the background, who don't believe in God. This is tragic, but this is what happens. Basically, they hear, but they don't hear. You know, so we have to have his faith is what allows us to actually hear. It's the connection we have with the shepherd. It's what allows us to actually connect with the shepherd. Now, I think, so we have Jesus says communication between the sheep and the shepherd can't exist without this voice recognition, this common language. They have to recognize their voice. He said it cannot happen until that occurs. Only the sheep can recognize the voice of the shepherd. It's only when Jesus was our Lord that we can actually understand him. We have to start with trust, then everything becomes clear. And he says, the reason my opponents don't recognize me is they're just not my sheep. Of course they don't know my voice. They don't recognize, they can't. That's why I said, I'm not going to keep telling you. It's not going to do any good. Again, like, like a flight attendant, you can keep speaking all you want. He doesn't speak English. It's not going to get better. We need that underlying connection. So think about this way. Faith is what, uh, faith is our language. It's also how we recognize the shepherd's voice. And I want to tell you something that's dear to me, two sayings, is faith is what allows us to hear. Love is what allows us to see. I want to say that because in this Easter season, you know, in the, in the Gospel of John, you might notice that John often describes himself as the disciple Jesus loved. And that seems sort of self-serving, doesn't it? Like the saying, if I tell a story about our family, you know, the, the, the one mom loves best. Okay, okay, like that. But it's not. There's a purpose for that. If you look at when he mentions this, it's in paces where he's about to understand something nobody else understands. Like he goes to the tomb, Peter's in the tomb, and he doesn't get it. He's outside. John's outside, says the disciple Jesus loved. He saw and he believed because he loved. The love lets us see. He's in the boat. There's six, there's six of them, in a, seven rather. Seven of them are in a boat afterwards, after the resurrection. Jesus is on the shore, and it says the disciple who Jesus loves said, Peter, that's the Lord. So again, faith allows us to hear. Love allows us to see. Now, How can we as Christians, the main point for us, what's our lesson? How as we as Christians, how can we better recognize the shepherd's voice? Something really practical for us. How can we be better sheep? First of all, all of us who are Christians have Jesus as our shepherd. We instinctively can recognize that voice by a gift of God. We can recognize that voice. But how can we do a better job at voice recognition? How can we, how can we approve our knowledge of the language of faith? Here's the first thing. Think of some principles of mastering another language. One of the first principles that I used to teach foreign language at college, that I've got to tell you, one of the first principles is use what you know. A lot of people say, I'm not going to say anything. I can make these beautiful sentences and things. No, no. If you know anything, throw it out. Throw out whatever you know. Keep using whatever you know and it'll build. So you don't wait until you have things perfect. Just go out there. If you know a phrase, throw it in. 
and gradually more phrases come, and that's how you do it. Faith, Jesus says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move, and it'll move. So Jesus doesn't say it's not the quantity of faith. All faith works the same. You see, whether you have five loaves or a hundred loaves, if you have to feed 5,000 people, God always makes up the difference. So the number one thing I think a lot of us have is we don't want to do anything until we have perfect faith. We say, well, I have to wait till I sort of feel that I have all my faith. No, no, you take any faith you have at all and you give that 100%, and it's always enough. I love the man who, he brought his son who had convulsions. He brought his son to Jesus who was off praying, so he brings him to the disciples. They can't do anything. So Jesus comes back, and he says, oh, Jesus, he said, I brought, him to, I brought my kid to your disciples. They couldn't help out. You know, if you could help, that would be great. I'd be so grateful. And he says, if I can, all things are possible to him who believes. But what does, Jesus, what does he say? This is profound. He doesn't believe like that. He believes, but not like that. So he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, you know, I have some belief that it's not like that, and it was good enough. So the first thing about faith, we use what we have. Jesus says famously, to him who has will more be given. So we don't, you know, if we use what we have, that's how it grows. You know, so the first thing about hearing better is to take the faith you have, no matter how little, and you say, here's all I've got, Lord. I wish I don't even, uh, you know, I don't even want to forgive. I, I know I'm supposed to, I don't. So I can ask you, the best I can do is say, please give me the desire to forgive. Can we start there? That works. We give God what we have. We use the faith we have, like a foreign language. Start using everything you know. Fill in English to the other parts or start using signs, but use everything you know. The second thing, how do you learn a language better, is spend time speaking it with people who are speaking it all around you. Spend time with it. The more you spend, it's like exercise. The more you exercise, the, the better you get. So how do we do that? We do it with prayer and Scripture. Prayer is a beautiful talk about native speakers, and we do it two ways. You know, in our prayer with God, we come to more and more to hear His voice. The more we get used to that voice as we hear Him. But also, when we pray in the assembly, we actually learn how to pray from praying together. It's like, how did you learn English? It's because you're around a lot of other people speaking English. When we're around a lot of other people praying, suddenly we know the kind of things we should be praying for. We have, a, what does prayer look like? It's how we pick it up natively. And the scriptures, we need to really be in the Word of God. God's Word written is the time to really, really come to better understand, to really better connected with the language of God. Now, the next thing here is true learning, hearing produces a response. Jesus says, you know, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. And he says, and they follow me. It is not enough that we simply recognize the shepherd's voice, okay? We have to have some active response. It's called following. We have to do something. The shepherd can't protect us. We just stay there. Oh, I recognize his voice. He moves on, and we just stay where we are. Nothing's going to happen. We're just going to be separated. We, Jesus says, they, they hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Now, how can we do a better job, uh, basically, uh, he, uh, you know, we, we say, that how, how comes we sometimes <coughs> are in the position where we hear the voice, we're not following? What's going wrong? Why is there a disconnect between hearing and following? And I think that there's, we're not distinguishing between hearing and listening. We're not, there's a difference between hearing something and listening to something. Here's a classic thing, if you're an airport. I was a road warrior for over 30 years. I've spent a lot of time at airports. 
And if your flight is delayed or something, you know, they say you're worried about a gate change or something, more thing, there are always announcements in the background, and you're hearing the announcements. And all you're basically looking for, am I hearing my flight number? You can understand the English, right? You can understand what's being said, but you're hearing it, but you're not paying any attention. All your, as soon as you hear the relevant information, that's not my flight. Okay, but what happens the minute you hear your flight number? Everything changes. Wait, this is about me. This might be a change in gate, how long. I need to know this. So suddenly we're listening up, we're really listening. It's funny, in Greek, the word for listen and obey are the same word. It means like to really listen up. Like we tell a kid, are you hearing me? That kind of thing. Listen up. So see the difference between listening is we hear something expecting. When I hear my flight number, I expect to be doing something. So I'm really paying attention with the expectation. I'm on this flight. I need to know what they're telling me or I'm not going anywhere. I need to hear this as opposed to that over like eavesdropping in somebody else's conversation. Who knows? Maybe it's interesting. Okay. So how does that work for us? Um, so, for example, and this uh, applies to us when we, the different ways of approaching the Word of God. A lot of people, when they read the Word of God, they say, I don't know, the Bible just doesn't really speak to me. Well, if we're reading it about other people's conversations, I don't see why it would. You know, if it's just a matter of this is, this is other people's conversations with God, oh, that's interesting, maybe inspiring. When we realize that the truth of the gospel is that the Holy Scriptures, God uses them in the Holy Spirit to directly speak to me here and now. It's my flight number every Sunday. That's why we rise with the gospel. We're saying we're not just reading about neat things that Jesus did. We're expecting him to talk to us now. We have great stories of saints who were converted because they took the, the Bible to say what it meant. They, they heard Jesus speak to them through the words of the gospel and say, that's me he's talking to. That's not somebody way back. That's me. So that's how we really listen. We have an expectation of response. This isn't somebody else's conversation. might be interesting. This is directly me. I better listen up. I might have to do something. We have a beautiful example with the boy Samuel. Do you remember the prophet Samuel? Uh, he was the uh, last of the judges. And uh, right before, you know, King Saul and King David, is when he was a boy, he was dedicated to God. He, you know, he was a kid. He was saying he worked in, he worked in the, the, the tent of witness, you know, the when a movable temple, you know, the children of Israel had. And he lived there, and one night he wakes up and he hears a voice. And he doesn't know, so he assumes that it's the, the, high, the high priest he lives with. So he goes and says, hey, what do you need? And he said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Happens a second time. He said, uh, what, you know, and the third time Samuel said, wait a second, Todd, maybe it's God talking to him. It hasn't happened for a long time, but that's how, when God talks to you. So he gives him the best advice in the world. What does he say to him? If God talks to you, what do you say? Lord, speak, your servant's listening. You can speak, because your servant, servant means I'm ready to do something. Servant means servants get orders as to what to do. You're, I'm listening, you can speak. You have my full attention with the intent to do what you say. When we, when we see things that way, when we read that way, suddenly the Bible starts speaking to us. Suddenly things happen. So, uh, so in faith, there is no separating between hearing and listening. If we're, if we're just hearing and we're not listening, we're missing the point entirely. Think of it this way. We choose Jesus as our Lord, not as our mentor, our consultant, or our advisor. You know, when we come to, to Jesus to hear what he will tell us to do with the understanding I will do it, not I will consider it, I'll take it into consideration. Suddenly he speaks. 
He will not just be another somebody at the table. It's only when we invite him to say, Lord, speak, I'm listening, in order I'm going to respond. When we do that, suddenly we're going to hear God. Otherwise, if you just say, oh, you can have a seat at the table, if you want to say something, just jump in. You're not going to hear anything. He's just going to be there saying, well, it's a strong, silent type. Okay. Now, what about following? Here's what I want us to remember that's really a hard thing of, for being a good sheep. The call is to follow, not to lead. As sheep, we want to get out ahead. Our idea is we make plans and follow them, and then God's invited to bless them after the fact. You, everyone's heard the thing, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. For a lot of Christians, that's the story of their prayer life, is we decide how we're going to live our life, and then we ask for God to help out. Lord, here's what I've decided I'm going to do. You need to help me out on this. I need to get this job, etc. No, 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 no. With God, we, the answer is always following God, because think about it. Safety lies in following the shepherd. Think of this way. I like to think of the image from the Second World War. If you're going through a field that's mine, you have two people up front who are actually checking for mines so you can follow safely. You know, you have people up front who are checking as you go through the field. The last thing you want to do if you're going through a minefield is to go ahead of the people who are looking for the mines. This is not a plan. Safety lies in staying behind. So we never want to get in front of God. Following God means what do you want to do? What's your will? And then aligning ourselves and getting closer and closer. The closer we get to God, the better we hear his voice, is aligning our will with the will of God. So in conclusion, in our baptism, the good news is Jesus has become our shepherd. Each one of us, he is our shepherd. And faith, the faith we have allows us to recognize his voice. But how can we actually better hear that voice? And we say, first of all, we can use the faith we have. Again, never wait. You know, uh, can you imagine, for example, another, I didn't mean to do this, but another example would be, imagine a swimming school where all you did was study swimming theory. All semester you studied, you looked at films of people swimming, you studied the physics of swimming, etc. But the theory is when you have that down, then you'll go in and swim. That's crazy. What you do is from the very beginning, you learn to flow, but you're always in the water. You're always in the water. So that's it. For faith, we use what we have. And finally, at the end of the semester, we're swimming. Okay, so we use what we have. Secondly, we spend more time with native speakers. We spend time basically praying both together in the assembly and individually. And we spend time in the Word of God and listening, not hearing, listening. Every time you come to God, the only possible response, Lord, is speak, Lord, your servant hears. Matter of fact, in Hebrew, it's classic. The word is heneni, it means here I am. It's basically saying, Lord, I'm listening. It's basically, literally, here I am. Heneni, that's what Abraham says when God calls to him. Here I am. Well, that's how we approach God. And God always answers that. And then we say, we have to follow, not get out ahead. You know, the good shepherd, we hear him, we follow his voice and stay close to him and we'll be fine. We don't go out and do our own thing, wander looking for grass at our own thing, and then say when there's no one around, hey, shepherd, you know, sort of look around. No, no. We stay behind, and he leads us to the pastures. We don't choose the pasture and ask him to come and fight off wolves. So let our prayer on this Good Shepherd Sunday or Good Sheep Sunday always be throughout, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Amen. Thanks for listening. Our vision at Church of the Resurrection is to equip everyone for transformation. 
As part of that vision, we love to share dynamic teaching, original music, and stories of transformation. For more of what you heard today, check out the rest of our podcast. To learn more about our ministry, visit churchres.org.